listening to Ouija Bronze. This is Devin. This is Liz. Liz, today I'm going to talk to you about a man that we have danced all around in most of our historic Spokane episodes. I'm going to talk about James Glover, the father of Spokane. James Glover, the father of Spokane. The father of Spokane. Jamesy. Oh, Jamesy. So like I said, we've talked about him a little bit in some other episodes, so I'll just bring us up to a a singular level of knowledge here about James. He's the dude who in 1873 was passing through the Spokane area with a partner of his, and he found the two dudes that had the sawmill there uh, mm-hmm. um, on 160 down acres river. down by the river. Uh, and he said, you know what? This place is gorgeous, and you've got a He's sawmill. Right. Yeah. yeah, he was right on both counts, and he went, Cool. I'm going to buy your sawmill from you and these 160 acres, and I'm going to turn this into a city. Ta-da! Because I can. Because I can. Because I am white, and I have a little bit of money, and it is the (laughs) 1870s, and no one else owns this land. Uh, I guess they hadn't invented, like, SimCity yet, so... no. I can see the appeal. Yeah, there wasn't much else to do. So he's like, cool, we'll make it just a normal city. No sin city. <laughs> so James Glover's the guy that he owned all of downtown at one point. Uh, he actually laid out downtown. The actually kind ah. of nice grid that Spokane is laid out on is all thanks to James Glover. He also named most of the streets. He named them after business friends or presidents. Mm-hmm. And he's the one, he's the founder of Spokane because he's the guy that went to Olympia and spent months and months convincing legislators to designate us as a city and to establish our boundaries. Um, I didn't know you had to ask for that. You did have to ask for that. So he's the one that got us an official designation and our official, this is what is considered Spokane. It's interesting or unique because he lived to see this this land claim, these 160 acres that he bought that didn't have a lot of other white folks living on them, turn into a city of 130,000 residents. He lived wow. through parts of the, the 1900s. You know, he didn't die till 1921. So we actually saw us become a real bona fide city, which a lot of people that have started cities you don't see that boom so quickly, and then they yeah. continue to be a city. You know, it's boom and then bust, uh, or mm-hmm. it's a slow build. He actually saw us become a big place. He was also Spokane's second mayor, and mm-hmm. he was one of the first bankers. He was a member of the city council for two decades. He was a mason, so he had a lot of masonic ties in the community. Yeah. And because he was a founder, you were talking about Monaghan earlier. Mm-hmm. He knew all the big players. He he allowed all the big players to be big players. And when he yeah. died, here's here's what a bunch of the other, you know, old white guys who were founding the city said about him. They said... Joe Daniel, who was one of our first residents, he moved when we were becoming a boomtown. He said, with the passing of James Glover, the truest pioneer I ever knew is gone. He was a power and a force back in the early days, and he was a friend to everyone who ever knew him. And then Spokane's first dentist, Edwards, said he was a man of honor, strictly square in his business transactions, and more loyal to his friends than any man I ever knew. The last quote I'll show you, share with you is from W.C. Gray, who owned Spokane's first hotel. And he said, he was generous of fault. When he had too much, he shared liberally with all. He always thought of the other person and had a helping hand always ready to extend. A truly great man has gone with the passing of Jim Glover. Very nice. It sounds like from this, right, that James Glover was a guy I would like. Yeah. False. James Glover was not False. a guy I would like. I, I will tell you why. Also, those quotes, I am totally indebted to Lisa Wananen, who is a, a writer for the Spokane Inlander. She aggregated those quotes and a lot of the other information I'm drawing on in an article about Glover in 2014. So, Oh, okay, good. I didn't have to go to his obituary directly to find these quotes. Uh, <laughs> Lisa got them for me. So, James is a dude I didn't like. James is a dude I wouldn't have liked for two reasons. The first one, 
I mean, he was doing what every other dude at the time was doing, but he was a dick to the Native Americans, man. Yeah, I bet. He came in, saw this land was really pretty, and because it was really pretty, people already lived there, but he went, whatever, I'm a white guy. I shall make a I shall make a town here. I shall make a town here. It doesn't we matter. Live here. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're the wrong color. So it's my town now. He Yeah, I've definitely heard that the whole I bought the sawmill property yeah. from these two dudes may have been a little bit after the fact, like I believe that you gave two dudes some money. Whether or not they actually had the legal right to like turn over any of this to you yeah. is pretty questionable. Oh yeah, who knows? We uh, they, they just decided the land was theirs. You know, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, plus apparently these two dudes he bought the sawmills from. He kind of allowed the story to perpetuate that they were just squatters, that they were drunks, mm-hmm. that they whatever, because it made it sound better that he kind of liberated the land from these two ne'er-do-wells and turned us into a respectable place. They never would have made a town with their living and owning businesses. Hell no, they wouldn't have. Plus, the Nez Perce Indians were still there. And we can't have Nez Perce Indians living and working in the area that they've lived and worked in for centuries. That won't (laughs) happen. So when he went and was like, this is going to be a city, here are the boundaries, thank you, Olympia, the Nez Perce tribe went to the edge of town, and they sat down and quite peacefully had a 20-day drum circle. Wow. They just did a beautiful, peaceful sit-in protest saying, this was kind of our land, guys, what the fuck? And James Glover was like, I'm not having any of that. So he, you know, hung out on his storefront for 20 days, and on the 20th day he was just like, I'm going to do something about this. So he called Spokane Indian leaders together, and he was like, I'm going to tell the army on you if you guys don't disperse. I'm going to get all of my friends in the army to come and make you leave if you don't go away. And Providence apparently was okay with people being mean to Indians because the very next day, an infantry marched into town on unrelated business. But James was able to be like, see, I told you I'm friends with the army. Y'all should go away. And then oh my he, God. he that worked. <laughs> it worked. It worked. And I'm, I, I'm probably not doing his voice justice, but I think I've got the spirit of his words down yeah. right. When uh, he then convinced the army that they needed to build a fort in the area, so they built Fort Coeur d'Alene. This guy could talk oh my oh, god no. he got us a city he got us an army he made the poor first nations folks leave so i don't like him for that which was an an act of of jackassery against a whole group of people better documented is i don't like him for his act of jackassery against his own wife yeah so he was a dick to the indians he's a dick to his first wife his first wife is named Susan. And they originally met because as children, their families actually did the Oregon Trail at the same time or did part of the Oregon Trail at the same oh, time. Okay. Part of their part of the Oregon Trail was actually with the ill-fated Donner Party, which is oh my. just an interesting thing to know. But James Glover's and Susan Crump's family both end up in Oregon Territory, and they marry each other in Oregon in 1868. Mm. So James travels to Spokane in 1873, decides that this is where he's going to build a town, and shortly brings Susan over from Oregon to come live with him in this new city. (laughs) Some years pass, Glover starts making some money, the Northern Pacific Railway comes in and gets routed through Spokane, plus we've got a fort, and then so people are coming, he's making it a boom, uh, a booming town, not a boom town, he's making it a booming actual city. He's making money buying and selling land, because he's able to buy up a lot of land, and then people come so he can sell that to them. He's also a banker, and by 1889, we have a millionaire. James is a millionaire, and he and his wife commission a grand mansion to be built on 8th Avenue. Who did they commission this from, Devin? (laughs) I have in my notes, Liz, can you guess who designed the Glover Mansion? (laughs) (laughs) 
I sure can is the same person that designed ZC Corbin's house and designed <laughs> yeah. FBS Clark's house yeah. and did not design the Han mansion, but his firm did. Yep. And yep. yeah. It is our boy Kirkland Cutter. It's your boy. <laughs> it's your Kirkland boy. Cutter. This was one of his first really big commissions, actually. Oh. So they move into this palatially beautiful home in 1889. Uh, August 1889. It's James Glover, Susan, his wife, and then they bring up Susan's niece from Salem to keep Susan company because it's the three of them and like 13 servants in this mansion. And that's it. I guess that's the only thing you can do is get more people rather than not make a giant mansion. I don't understand how you would do it any other way. Liz, what would you do? Live within your means? Like, buy a... Talk to servants? (laughs) Yeah. They need to be up away as the commoners that they are in the attic. I'm going to hang out on the main floor, and you just know how much further you are from my good graces by how shitty the woodwork becomes the further you go in the house, (laughs) I guess. They moved there in August 1889. Two years go by. It's August 1891, for those of you good at math. And Jamesy Boy and his attorney drop an article of separation. James thinks he gets a wife upgrade. James thinks he gets a wife upgrade. James thinks he's a millionaire now. And his beautiful wife, very gorgeous, I feel, woman, very uh, handsome-looking, who did good works in the community. Liz, she's not making him a baby. How very dare she? That's probably all on her. It is all on her, yeah. He draws up this article of separation. So it's like getting a divorce, but without getting a divorce. Because see, right now, he's he's saying that they'll live apart. He'll keep all the property and the wealth, but he'll make sure that she has a house in Oregon with a carriage and $100 a month for the rest of her life from him. And so he carts her off to Oregon, and he's like, don't worry, we're not getting real divorced. Psych, six months later, he files for real divorce. And Ah. he says that the marriage is unfortunate in every respect. And he says that she is barren and impotent. Absolutely blames her for the fact that they don't have a kid. Sorry, now I'm just stuck on on what a guy in 1891 means when he says a woman is impotent. But I don't think we're going to really pull that out in a way that isn't just horrible. So (laughs) carry on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to get... Well, maybe I would get it up for this man. Because Liz, he says she's cruel, but the niece in letters back to other family has says that he spanks Susan when she doesn't get out of bed on time. What? That's actually not something that I have a problem with, the spanking. Maybe the non-consensual <laughs> spanking. Contextual, contextual yeah. consensual type situation. God, that was a lot of words you had to say very precisely there, wasn't it? I don't so, like anybody doing anything if I don't get out of bed on time. That's between me and my God, thank you. <laughs> Atta girl. Atta girl. Well, at any rate, uh, the judge sides with old Jamesy, and he approves. Of course he of does. Course he does. Judge they, would, would this be a judge in Spokane, by chance? Yeah, it's a judge in Spokane, by chance. Amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. He uh, sides with James, says the fact that, that Susan is in Oregon and not responding to these claims is proof of her, of her guilt. And so... He made her go to Oregon. He made her go to Oregon. But... Here's where dates are important. The judge approves the divorce on March 31st, 1892. Do you want to take a whack at what James does on April 2nd, 1892? Gets married again. He pulls a King Henry VIII and he gets married again. Yeah, this is the timeline fuckery. Timeline fuckery persists to this day as a thing where you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) What? I got whiplash from that 180. Yep. Old Jamesy marries 33-year-old Esther Emily Leslie. No, it's all first names. I'm not having it. (laughs) She just needed a last name. That's why she got married. That's why she got married. Esther Emily Leslie. The poor thing. It sounds like you're calling your kids to dinner. Esther Emily Leslie. Come set the table. (laughs) It's just one woman. Mom, that's the dog. So he gets Emily Elizabeth Amelia... Yeah, he gets first name, Victoria. first name, first name. And as soon as the divorce is finalized, Susan comes back from Oregon to 
to protest it, to basically say, wait, how the hell could you do this to your wife of like 24 years? And now what the hell am I supposed to do? It's 1892. I am a woman who has been kept at home by you as a lady for all this time. What the fuck do I, you're not paying me alimony. You're not paying me support. You were going, (sighs) like, I agreed to this separation and to move to Oregon because you basically didn't give me a choice, but at least you were going to pay the bills. What do I do? So Yeah, it sounds like she he sent her to Oregon so that she couldn't see anything that yeah, was happening in Spokane. That's my thought, was that it was totally premeditated. Now I can get you on abandonment or some kind of bullshit. Yeah. I can fuck around with Lady Three names here for six months while I get this divorce actually up and running. Mm-hmm. So our girl Susan s- holds her ground... Uh, For seven years. She spends seven years moving from apartment to apartment in Spokane and is very vocal about her poor treatment from James. Oh, my God. I'm proud of her. But Yeah, because I think one of the things that's been challenging as a parent, oddly, is having to explain to Lydia how marriage worked back in the day. Oh. And, because for her, it's just you fall in love and get married. Yeah. Because uh, of all the, like, you know, and you can have the hand of the princess oh, if you I defeat see. the dragon and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I told her, like, it used to be more like getting a job. Yeah. Like, you were hiring, the guy was hiring somebody to be his housekeeper and child producer and yeah. nanny and household manager. Yeah. Because, like, for somebody like Glover, you know, she she ran a staff of 13 people in that house. Yep. And then she got wrongfully terminated while she was on an approved FMLA vacation, <laughs> as far as I can tell. <laughs> I love the way you put that. Exactly right. Yep. Well, yeah. She's like, you can't do that. <laughs> you, you can't do that, but you could. And uh, he did. He owned all the judges, huh? He owned everything. He owned everything. This is where it gets a little weird. Opulence. Uh, and uh, yeah, that kind of money can buy whatever you want. So we're seven years down the road. Susan tries to buy a house. And this is, I can't figure it out from the few articles that mention it, but it sounds like she was buying a house, in the process of buying a house, had moved into the house, but one night she comes home and all her shit's in the street. And she, what? you know, the landlord, the owner, the person she's buying it from is like, um, I never got payment from you, so I sold the house to someone else. And they want your shit out of it because you're a squatter in their house. Oh my God. So she just walks down the road, plunks her little butt down on a stoop and just cries. Poor baby. Yeah. Just it fucking breaks my heart. She doesn't know what else to do. So someone calls the police. It's 1899. There is a sad woman who is sitting on their stairs crying and the cops come and they're like, okay, well, can we escort you home? And she says, no. <laughs> where, where, what home? Like, where the fuck yeah, is she going to go? Apparently, I don't live there anymore. Yeah, right. So the patrolman's like, well, move along. You can't stay here. Can, you know, I'll escort you home. Can we call someone to escort you home? And she gets belligerent and says, <laughs> I was going to say, she says, fuck you. She does not. She's very nice about it. But she basically <laughs> says, you will not move me. I will not be moved from here. You will not touch me. I'm no concern of yours, just leave me be. And they don't do yeah, that. Yeah, she's had enough. She's had enough. She's all funned out, and instead <laughs> they get the police to send a patrol wagon, and from the police report it says, when the patrol wagon arrived, Mrs. Glover refused to enter it. The officers lifted her bodily into the patrol. The crazed woman was placed in a cell in the women's department of the county jail. She's not crazed. She's just worn out. She's just sad. But Liz, what do we so do? So was the random was the oh. random person who bought the house out from under her Glover? It wasn't Glover, but what I can't tell was my conspiracy theory senses are tingling, and I'm saying that Glover yeah. had strings pulled. He fucking knew everyone in town. You didn't do yeah. things without Glover's approval in town. Maybe somebody just didn't want to get on his wrong side. That's at entirely all possible like, too, right? I'm, I don't want you here because it looks bad for me. Mm-hmm. It's like poor Catherine of Aragon trying to find some place oh, to stay. Yeah, some country that would take her in, or some lord yeah. that would allow her to be there. 
<laughs> Everybody's like, I don't want the trouble that your husband slash ex-husband can bring. Right. So did she accept that they were divorced and she just wanted a better settlement or did she not accept the divorce? She accepted that they were divorced, but it sounds like all of her, all of her protests were just, he's not a good guy. Look at what he did to his wife of 20 something years. It wasn't my fault that yeah. I didn't conceive it. I didn't do anything wrong. He just kicked me out won't pay me alimony, isn't keeping me in, in, he's not honoring the agreement that he had for the separation. What am I to do? What the fuck? You all think he's a golden god and he's a douchebag. He's kind Seriously. of a dick. What do we do with women in 1899 when they don't like the powerful man in charge of the city and they're also kind of sad? She sounds crazy to me. Doesn't she? Liz, we call them lunatics and we have them committed because mm -hmm. women can't have sad emotions. Women can't be angry at the men who fuck their lives over. So that's what they did. Uh, James Glover and some other folks testified at an assessment hearing they had because the police picked up a woman who was, you know, they said acting crazed and who now doesn't have a home. So Well, the fuck cares what you think about it, James Glover? <laughs> yeah. You had it yeah. entirely in your gift to not make this a problem in the first place or yeah. to resolve it. Like, yeah. just don't be a dick, just don't dude. Be a dick. Like, you're a millionaire mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. 1800s. Pay for a nice apartment mm -hmm. in Seattle or something. Yeah. No, he, like, he had her down in Oregon. Along. Yeah. Yeah. And it was going to cost him $1,200 a year alimony <sighs> plus a carriage plus a house. Easy. Nope. Mm. Instead, they have this hearing, and based on his and other people's testimonies, it is determined... Other men's testimonies, yeah, yes. It is determined that she was, quote, unable to take care of herself, quote, and therefore, she was declared insane and committed to the asylum that was at Medical Lake. And she remains incarcerated until the day she died, October 11th, 1921. She was oh my God. there for 21 years. She is buried at the hospital cemetery under marker number 746. She's in a pauper's grave. No thing that denotes who she is other than that number. I'm like, fuck you, James Glover. Fuck you, James Glover. He didn't even say, like, she was mean or anything. He no. just said she wasn't what he wanted she, anymore. Yeah, she was barren in... Uh, Impotent. Impotent, yeah. apparently. Yeah, not incompetent. Impotent. Barren and impotent. So she dies October 11th, 1921. Five weeks later, James Glover himself died quietly in his home. Did he have any kids with Emily Three Names? He did not have any kids with Emily Three Names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, karma. It's almost like it takes two people to make a baby. Almost, right? Almost. He... Maybe got a little bit of comeuppance because he divorces her in, what, in 1892, I said. The Great Financial mm -hmm. Panic is 1893, and our boy James is bankrupt. Oh. He's no... Well, I guess he's Wait, not... Wait, so that's before they're... This, that's, like, in the window where she's chasing him around Spokane. So maybe that's why he's like, I can't pay you $100 a well, month. Well, I suppose <laughs> that's a good point. Although, he does commission... Sell your house. He... They sell it. They have to move out of their mansion. So, he, Emily Three Names only lives there for, like, three or four months before they move oh. out of this house. He gets Kirkland Cutter to make him a smaller home, which is where he lived until he died. So, he wasn't totally ruined. He just didn't have the same money he used to. He was no longer a millionaire. Yeah. So by the standards of the day, James was a great guy. He wasn't any more racist than anyone else at the time was. He wasn't any worse to women than anyone at mm -hmm. the time was. But you know what? I don't fucking live then, so I get to judge him through a modern lens. And yeah. if I'm going to judge him through my modern lens, then I'm not cool with the guy he was. And something I appreciate about Spokane is that despite him being our founding father who did good things for the city, we're now, as a city, judging him through a modern lens. And that mm -hmm. means that things that could be named after him, that in many cities would be named after him, we are quietly, not renaming, but coming up with other suggestions. 
Oh, okay. the, the most recent thing I have is that a few years ago, City Hall was being revitalized and they were revamping the city plaza that's outside their building that's kind of between City Hall and the Washington Water Power Building. What's the, the kid museum now? Yeah. Right? So it's now this like terraced kind of meeting space and they they were mm-hmm. all set to name it after James Glover. They had the stone engraved and everything and like the couple days before they were going to install it, the city council said actually he wasn't a nice guy to our area's first persons or to his first wife. We're not going to honor that. Like we appreciate that he was the founder of the city. But we're going to leave it at that. So they opened the plaza and they said, we're going to have an open call for ideas on what we name this. How do we christen oh. this space? And I think it's pretty fucking cool that the name that was chosen is that that plaza is now known as the Spokane Tribal Gathering Place. And I like that. the art and design are honoring the area as a space that was traditionally used by Spokane and Salish persons. Mm-hmm. Oh, I approve wholeheartedly. Because I think some people are going to get up in arms and be like, oh, you can't, you know, don't erase history to meet modern standards. But the thing is, nobody is like chiseling Glover's name out of the history books or something. Like, we still will talk about him, but it's different to, you know, pretend somebody didn't exist. You can acknowledge that somebody did important things without having to name more stuff after that. Oh my god, right? Like, can whatever Jefferson's on the, whatever dollar bill he's on, the $10 bill, fine. Monticello <laughs> is... Five. No, that's Lincoln. Lincoln's on the five. Well, fuck. Hamilton's on the ten, I know that. Oh, fuck. Who's... George Watt... Fuck, is he on the... Jackson's on the <laughs> twenty. Oh my god, how... to find this out. How do we not know is, this? Is, is Jefferson on any money? He's got it. He's on the nickel. <laughs> I think that's where I came up with the, with the five yeah. thing. Isn't Lincoln on the five or is it Jefferson? Uh, I don't know, Liz. I only exclusively deal in Benjamins. <laughs> What's a five dollar bill? Is that what you plebeians? He's on the two. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to. And soon the ten's going to have Harriet Tubman too, right? Uh, I don't. Is it, or is she going on to the 20? Kick fucking Jackson's genocidal ass off the 20. I got into it on Instagram in a very not getting into it way. But whatever. There again, like I'm not saying that that Thomas Jefferson being a founding father, that Glover being a founder of Spokane, that whatever dead white guy who did a good thing for white people in America wasn't worth being in the history books, but I'm not going to gloss over the fact that one was a slave owner, that another guy committed genocide, that that Glover fucking abandoned his first wife and said, fuck you, Indians, this is my turf. So I get to, (sighs) I'm going to hold them to my standards and say, like you said, fine, whatever. I'm not going to say we can't learn about Glover, but I don't have to name a softball diamond after him. I can do something different. Let's talk about something that's a little less contentious. Let's talk about hauntings, Liz. Do you want to talk about hauntings? Always. We talked about that Kirkland Cutter designed mansion. That that mm-hmm. poor Jamesy Glover only got to live in for like two and a half, three years. That's what you get. That's what you get. So they had to sell the mansion. They only lived in it for a couple years, but it's still called the Glover Mansion to this day. And it's mm-hmm. had like eight different owners since then. The current owners rent it like many people have done. They use it as an event space. So you can have your wedding there. You can have your corporate dinner there. It's it's beautiful. People don't live there. It's not a private residence, but it is a historic house that's open for private event rentals. So according to the Glover Mansion website, it, quote, is a 12,000 square feet of space with eight bedrooms and five bathrooms. It is constructed entirely of granite from quarries around the Little Spokane River. There are eight different types of wood used in the house from northwestern red fir to Minnesotan oak and Spanish cherry. 
Most of what you see on the first floor is original, including the wall fabrics in the dining room and on the mezzanine. And this isn't a quote. This is just letting you know that the uh, the Glovers commissioned a bunch of uh, fre- frescoes, freezes, what do you call mm-hmm. it? You know, when you, you paint on a wall, but it's not graffiti, whatever. Uh. They had, they had like Sistine Chapel ceiling shit done. And, um, I guess one of the ceilings had a bunch of peacocks on it, but then the mm-hmm. website talks about Mrs. Welch, who was an owner after the Glovers. It says, Mrs. Welch had the peacocks on the ceiling painted over because she felt they were bad luck. They were later restored. Okay. (laughs) So the restored peacocks are there. The elevator, which has been modernized, was the first residential elevator in Spokane. It was installed in 1908 and works well and is amazingly slow. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm looking at their website right now. Mm -hmm. Neither... Emily, three names, or Sarah around there. Susan. Susan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. No, when he and his wife Susan moved into the house, it was just the two of them and 12 domestic servants. And then... (laughs) Glover himself only owned the house for five years. Okay. (laughs) Yep. That's hilarious. Their big thing is weddings. Yep. Big thing is weddings for a guy that divorced his first wife and had the second one there, but... (laughs) (laughs) weddings my friend but let's talk about ghosts let's talk about the glover mansion as a haunted place because it was one of those places that i grew up just knowing was haunted based on Ah, you know the stories that you hear as a kid and the glover mansion was oh my gosh you know they you would go there for fancy weddings if you had a cousin who was getting married at the glover mansion you knew that that kid's family had money somewhere and you always hoped that you knew someone who was getting married there or having a party there so you could go to the Glover Mansion. I've been in the Glover Mansion, but I couldn't tell you why now. Hmm. I don't know if I did know someone who had a wedding there or if I went there for some photography event kind of thing, you know? But anyway, So like I said, it was just kind of one of those places that you grew up knowing was haunted, but not having a really specific story. So we'll get specific with you, Liz. The first ghost that is said to haunt the mansion is the first Mrs. Glover. Logical. Logical, right? It says that she comes back and roams the halls of her former home. And like Dr. Hahn, Mrs. Glover, Susan, is said to haunt more than one place in Spokane. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Han haunts perhaps his house, the Han Mansion, and Mm -hmm. his office. Mrs. Mrs. Glover, Susan, is said to haunt the house. And can you think of maybe where else she would haunt? This is a total dick move on her part, and I love it. It's so petty. Oh, you said it's petty, so I've got to assume it's not Eastern State, because that's probably... no. I, I, I'm going to assume that girlfriend is out of there. She's just like, fuck all y'all, peace. I'm not spending any more of my precious time here. Where else would she haunt besides the Glover Mansion? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the house that he lived after? No, no. It's said that she's seen it as gravesite. Reminding, reminding his ghost ass that he's a dick and that he divorced (laughs) her. He's in, uh, Greenwood Memorial Terrace with all the other fancy dudes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it said she's been seen at his grave site and people speculate that she's visiting him, his site in the afterlife to be like, what up, bitch? You're a dick. I think she haunted very robustly. That's probably why he only outlived her by about five weeks. Oh, my God. Right? Isn't that incredible? I mean, it so breaks my heart with happiness when you hear of, like, old couple passing away weeks from each other. But it's kind of <laughs> weird that they, you know, did the same thing, only he was an asshole to her. Yes, yeah, so probably um, she was just marching around in his room, banging she- pots and pans together so he couldn't get any sleep. Yes. Actually, it's not good on an old man's heart. In the last year and a half two years of his life he refused to go to bed because he knew he was slowing down he knew that you know uh, he was in his 80s he knew that death comes to us all and so instead he sat yeah he would sleep in a chair because he thought that if he went to bed he'd never get up again he wasn't going to he if he laid down boom that was it two days before he died his ki- uh, his uh, family members convinced him Come on, Uncle James. Let's go to bed. Let's let's <gasps> lay down. He laid down he and was right. Yeah, he was right. He called it. 
So Susan is the first ghost. I want to tell you about some more ghosts that haunt the house. But to do that, I got to tell you about two ladies who I don't want to give a lot of shit to because I want to meet them. I want to hope that we turn into these women when we're old, despite the fact that everything I read about them, I'm just like, bruh, no, (laughs) no. Go to ghostbustergals.com right now. Oh, hot damn. You're going to go back in time to 1997. It's glitter graphics. What? It's gifts. <laughs> one is a witch and one is an angel. One is a witch. Are you being bothered by pesky poltergeist, obnoxious odors, <laughs> nonsensical noises, or continuous cold spot spirit getting you down? Two more animated gifts. What are you going to call Ghostbuster Gals? Yeah. Yeah. So these gals are Laura Lee and Ronnie. They're Spokane-based. Ronnie. They're outrageous. Oh They're so woo-woo. And I don't agree with anything that they came up with in their several investigations of the Glover Mansion, but I love them anyway. I love them oh, anyway. Crap. I'm just terrified that as I click around, it's going to somehow, like, start playing a MIDI file. <laughs> I didn't get, I always have my computer muted, so I didn't get any audio, but I can't guarantee that that's why I didn't get audio. Oh, it's not because it's not there. Dying. <laughs> my eyes have gone to Isn't hell. Isn't it amazing? I am really proud of Laura Lee and Ronnie because I imagine they made this website themselves and I'm, I'm pro-women in STEM, pro-female programmers. As the Ghostbuster gals, not as programmers, but as the Ghostbuster gals, Ronnie and Laura Lee investigate hauntings. And when they find ghosts as the witch and as the angel lady, they feel it's mm-hmm. their calling to guide spirits toward the light, to help them cross over to whatever you want to say it or believe it as it is their calling uh-huh. to get people to pass on to the, okay. the next realm. So That's why they're the Ghostbusters, That's I why guess. they're the Ghostbusters. So they investigated the Glover Mansion years back, like late 90s, early 2000s. And they went there several times, right? Mm-hmm. They have a book called Got Ghosts. Uh, Ex- no, Got Ghosts, question mark, question mark, question no, mark. No, uh, well, there you go. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> got, got Ghosts? I'm not sure how I say that to emphasize all those question marks. Oh, my God. I'm looking at this picture of them at the Glover Mansion, and one of them is dressed in, like, a black witchy outfit yep. with a big belt with a big buckle and stuff. Yep. The other one just has, like, some perky eggplant leggings and a white dress shirt. Yep. They're, I think that's Ronnie. That one's Ronnie. That's the angel. Yeah. Yeah. Laura Lee is the tall one with the dark hair who's the witchy one. I want to meet these women. I do too. So I don't want to make too much fun of them. I guess the ribbing I, I want everyone to know is in good humor, but I don't. You know how I feel about orbs in photos, Liz. You know that I think that they are just dust reflected off of things or their moisture or their whatever because I am a camera person and I can replicate it and I can tell you about how that's happening. But they take orbs very seriously, so when they investigate the Glover Mansion, you can go to their website, you can look at the photos of their investigations, and they caught a lot of orbs when they're down in a dusty, dirty crawl space. And they're like, oh my... With a flash. With a flash. And they're like, oh my god, all these orbs were there, all this energy. And then when we left... The orbs followed us. And I'm like, yeah, it's almost like a fucking draft or something, right? It's almost like an air current. It's almost like when you're traipsing around in your 1992 clogs, you're kicking up dust that would then become orbs in photos. And when you hold your damn selves still, you don't have the same kind of, oh, my fucking God. Anyway, I'm going to tell you about some of the ghosts that Laura Lee and Ronnie say that they've encountered at the Glover Mansion. Okay, and did they free them all? They freed as many of them as they could. Okay. Not all of them. Well, some of them, Liz, there's two ghosts they talk about, and you have to buy got ghosts if you want to (laughs) know if they freed them or not. And I'm not spending $22 on their book right now. 
Oh, no. I have a fantastic collection of books for Ouija broads, but it's because there's a very specific kind of self-published author yeah. whose books go right to the Goodwill. Yep. And I can get them for $2. Two bucks at the Goodwill? Yes. I do not mock the enthusiasm. Nope. Or the interest. Only the web design. Nope. Only the web design. Only the fact that you didn't get someone to look this over and make sure that it's doing our field or your field justice. <laughs> It's already a field that isn't seen as legitimate. So go that extra mile to make our stuff look comparable yes. to a legitimately peer-reviewed or or whatever kind of book. Make, don't make us hey, look bad. Hey, you can get bad. a PDF of this for $13. I didn't just know saying. that. I didn't <laughs> know that. I should have done it. All right. Well, let's talk about the claims that they're willing to put on their website that I didn't have to buy Got Ghosts for. <laughs> okay. All basements are creepy. We know this. The Glover basement, mm -hmm. apparently. Not, mine. <laughs> not yours. Yours is so sweet. Although, okay, true story. We have so many goddamn Halloween decorations. <laughs> and of all the things that Matt could have chosen, he chose one of our life-size skeletons and put it so that when you come down the stairs, it's looking right at you from the right side of the cellar that you can't see until you come down. And so when you turn to turn the light on, the first thing you see is a full human-sized skeleton looking at you. You bought that skeleton. You married that man. I have no sympathy for you. You did it yeah, to yourself. I we got it at a garage sale, and it was some kind of situation where, like, I think I was bringing the van around to pick up something big we got, and he tucked this thing that I didn't know he had gotten into the passenger seat of my van. So when I came up to the car, I'm like, someone in my car! It was very upsetting. No That's sympathy. Mr. Bones. The other one is Scully. Mr. Bones um, and Scully. Liz, turn it to yeah. face the corner and put a sheet over it. That'll fix That's much it. much less sinister. Way yeah. better. But I can only imagine what the guy who came to work on the sewer thought about it. <laughs> Maybe it's just our security system for if our little padlock doesn't actually keep people yeah, out. We'll exactly. just hear the scream. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, you don't need to put an ADT sign out front. You got your own nope. security. Scully and Bones. Okay. So so many sellers are creepy even before you put Halloween decorations out. Yeah, them. even before you put actual skeletons in them. The Glover basement is apparently creepy. It's where Laura Lee and Ronnie picked up a lot of negative stuff. The first thing they talk about is that there's a negative energy vortex in the Glover's basement. And mm -hmm. because the negative energy vortex in the Glover basement is right between two hospitals that are right there downtown, if you know where the Glover is, you know mm -hmm. it's right there in amongst the Sacred Heart buildings. It's real close to Deaconess. Yeah. That negative energy vortex has attracted a lot of souls from people who have died at the hospitals. Oh, goodness. And so, well, doesn't, I thought the Corbin Mansion also has some kind of negative energy vortex in its furnace room. So, apparently, mm, was Kirtland Cutter a warlock, is what I'm asking. Hard hitting question right there. That is the investigative yeah. journalism I expect from you. Go forth and the find out. <laughs> okay. Dateline. Uh, well, thank God for Ronnie Ray and Laura Lee. No, Ronnie Ray is not her name. Thank God for Ronnie and Laura Lee. Should be. <laughs> I'm just giving them all nicknames. They opened a positive energy vortex to release all those souls into. So, oh, thank goodness. They cleared the negative energy. They guided the souls to the light. They, uh, one of them is the, the angel one is a real firm believer in a certain type of crystal. And she made a crystal grid downstairs, and they did a positive vibes and what did they call it? They called it a positive and loving energy grid to make the basement a good place. So while they were down in the basement, they said that the basement's tool room and wine cellar, they could tell, had both been used as torture chambers. Um, Back the fuck up? Yeah, both of them. <laughs> had been used as torture chambers. They could they could sense that torture and that beatings had occurred down there. This place is Oh, that's the same thing they tell us about Corbin Mansion, is that um that's the same thing I've heard. Is oh my god. That, like, yeah, someone was like beaten to death in the furnace room or something, or that one of the residents was sadistic and used to torture the servants down there. Oh my god. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well then maybe maybe Kirkland Cutter is a warlock. Liz, I think you <laughs> nailed it. Shit. <laughs> 
But don't worry, because Laura Lee and Ronnie did, they clean the negative energy, they closed the negative vortexes, they set up that grid, and they, they directed loving energy at this grid. And when they did it, every single water pipe in the house flushed, like there had been a big backup, and then all of the pipes drained all at once. Oh, shit, I should have called them instead of getting the Roto-Rooter guys out. They are way more expensive. I just paid, like, $3,000 to have somebody fix my 120-year-old sewer pipe. I could have just called these two. I bet they wouldn't have done that to me. They are slightly less expensive. You can go to their pricing page and you'll find out how slightly less expensive. Oh, yeah. I really like the fact that they are willing to put their prices online. Don't make me call. Don't make me do a weird, awkward dance around it. They tell you what they do for angel readings, for for linking you psychically, for cleaning, for hauntings, for ghosts. They tell you all of it. I don't think that's listed. That seems like more of a passionate hobby for them and less of a Mm. profession. Well, I've certainly had enough of professional women undervaluing their work yep. so 250 an hour for ghost busting is eminently reasonable isn't it and they guarantee the same ghost won't return <laughs> i didn't read that part <laughs> yeah here's the guarantees you get they will help you make sense out of the senseless they guarantee the same ghost will not return they will continue to provide assistance after the initial ghost busting they're not responsible for the return of negative energy or neighborhood ghosts squatting on the premises during the drugs Oh, let me try that again. The drugs. <laughs> they are not responsible for the return of negative energy or neighborhood ghosts squatting on the premises due to drugs, alcohol, or violence. So they're not guaranteeing it forever. Wait. They're just saying this ghost okay. is not going to be a problem for you anymore. Okay. Well, that's good. That's like when you trap a raccoon and you relocate it yeah. to the woods a thousand miles away. You're like, more raccoons will come. What you've done is created yes. a vacuum for raccoons. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you're saying it like raccoons. Raccoons. I don't know where I came up with that, but yeah, a vacuum for raccoons. For raccoons. For, yeah, little trash bandits. Yay. So, while they were down there, by the way, because it's a basement that was built in the late 1800s, part of it is that weird, like, dirt rubble kind of stuff, you know? So they felt that someone or something bad was buried under there. So they did some more energy cleaning in that space, and that's when they started getting orbs in their photos. And that's why I'm like, Mm. yeah, because you kicked up a... When they started patting the dirt wall? Fuckload of dust, you women! (laughs) You beautiful women! Like, don't... Anyway. The the degree of science that we want in our ghost busting just dooms us to frustration. It does. It makes me so angry. I don't know. I guess that's kind of a pet peeve, too, because for a hot minute, I really believed in orbs, you know, like at 12, 13, 14 years old, super into it, had photos that had orbs in them, felt Mm -hmm. really cool about it. And then I think I felt like embarrassed that I had, I felt gullible, I felt had. And so that definitely translates into this overreaction of anger when I'm like, that's not what it is. Don't be me. Don't be a teenage Devin. The orbs thing one time, because there was a girl I was trying to get up on who was into that stuff, and I used it to send her a very cute picture of me. Mm. To be like, oh, I think there's orbs in this picture where I coincidentally mm. look great. Let's talk about more ghosts, more than just orbs and more than just feeling negative energies. Upstairs, mm-hmm. Laura Let's Lee and some Ronnie. Let's in the night. Let's slam some doors. Yeah. Our little, our little snack cake and rice of Ronnie over here, they figured out some specific ghosts. <laughs> well, it's Sarah Lee. That took me a minute, it's but not- I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> It's not Sarah. It's not Laura Lee. It's Sarah Lee. I was wrong. Anyway, upstairs, they encounter several specific entities. So first on my list is they said they met a little girl named Jolene, who was seven years old when she witnessed her parents' brutal murder in the mansion. I cannot find (laughs) any evidence of people dying in the mansion, let alone being brutally murdered. Yeah, and I I won't say that it's impossible that you or I have ever heard of it, but in the category of brutal murders in historic mansions mm-hmm. in Spokane, Washington, I do think we're probably in the top ten of people who would have heard about that, right? I think that, you're right? absolutely right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Prove me wrong, though. No, you know? go for it. If your I'd, Google I'd, Foo is better I mean, than I mine. 
I don't want to see like a, a horrible murder having happened in front of a child or no. anything, but um no intriguing um intriguing well i I guess is where i'll leave jolene yeah jolene that's a real 18th 19th century name right there Yeah, jolene i'm just i'm trying so hard not to sing Uh, yeah sing it to me what is the song you don't know jolene 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 i'm begging of you please don't take my man Dolly Parton. That's what I wanted to hear. I just love it when you sing. You have such a beautiful <laughs> voice. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, this Jolene. Oh, fuck. I just love your singing. Jolene, apparently, <laughs> the, the ghost kid, um, came back to, you know, like, they don't follow up. Wait, they didn't wait, say wait, wait. So her, her- yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. 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 Wait, so now she's a kid forever, or what happened? I don't fucking know. But Jolene was seven when she witnessed her parents' brutal murder. Apparently, she didn't die then, but she comes back to the mansion as a ghost, and she pulls on people's clothes and tablecloths and blows out candles for attention because she wants to be at the place where she last saw her parents alive. I. But did she live in the mansion? I don't know. Don't know. Well, you know, they, uh, maybe I need to buy Got Ghosts and read it because <laughs> every time they- <laughs> you say that, it's so much. <laughs> because we don't. They won't say on their website if they like. Did they Ghostbuster? Did they? Did they release her into the void? Did they follow up on why the fuck you coming back to the place you last saw your parents alive, but you also saw them killed up in here? Like, are you set? Yeah. yeah. You have to read their book to find out more. So I empower all of you to go buy the $13 PDF and find out what happened to Jolene. While you're there, yes. find out what happened to another spirit, a maid, that we don't know the ending to. The most fleshed out story, ha, fleshed out, uh, ghost story that they have <laughs> on their site. That's great, Devin. Good job. You're a real winner. Can't believe you've been married twice. The f- most detailed story they have is, I'm going to let them say it in their own words. I'll just read you okay. from their website. Okay. Here's what they wrote. The mansion staff have always heard pacing on the top floor and got the creeps whenever they had to go up there. Even though the energy was downright spooky, Ronnie went to investigate. She found a young... Go, Ronnie, go. Go, Ronnie, go. She found a young woman in the advanced stages of labor, anxiously pacing back and forth. Wait, a ghost woman or an actual human? Ghost woman. Okay. She was a maid in the mansion, and she was secretly carrying the master's child. She delivered her own illegitimate baby in the bathtub and in desperation drowned it. A short time later, she committed suicide in the same tub. Her soul became trapped because of her guilt, and she created her own hell by reliving these incidents over and over again. That is why people could hear the constant pacing. Okay. That's just like every, like, bored housewife's fantasy of what Downton Abbey is, right? You have an illegitimate baby with a master and then yeah, I was gonna say the master. The, like this is a very weird time shift yeah. on the classic tragic slave yeah. haunting. Yeah, right? right. That is like every goddamn plantation in the south. Oh that God. has a ghost has the ghost of the beautiful young slave. Yeah, and she had the child with the master. And, yeah. You know, either she poisoned his kids, or he poisoned her, mm-hmm. or the wife poisoned her. Mm-hmm. Like. This is like an urban legend and mm-hmm. that has got a lot of variations, but the whole, like, you know, a boundary was crossed. This is a good way to get conflict into your ghost story. It really is. A boundary was crossed. There was a power dynamic, a yep. baby, secret baby, secret pregnancy, apparently. Se- yeah, I don't... Intriguing. Whatever. That's, I guess it was the land of the Empire Waste, Liz, or the the time of the Empire Waste, so... Yeah, that's a a Holy Roman Empire of a waste there. (laughs) (laughs) I had a watermelon under those things. Seriously. And she was a maid. So she was was probably pretty physical. Uh, Okay. Interesting, I will say. But again. Interesting. And then she labored in a tub? Yeah. That's a. Okay. She had an underwater birth, I guess. I don't know. I've done that, but I don't think they did that. I don't. She would have had to clean that tub. She would have had to clean that tub is right. And it's like, those are old pipes. The placenta just don't go straight down the drain, honey. Like, that's... No, she's cramming it in with her heel. Just, yeah. Oh, my God. Gross. Anyway. And so, 
Also, like, the fact that it's like, oh, so she gave birth in the tub and the baby drowned in the tub and then she killed herself in the tub. It's like, and so in conclusion, she walks a lot. You're like, what about the tub? What about the tub? Right? Where's the the haunted tub? I I thought this was going to be like an American (laughs) Horror Story season one thing where it'd be like, and this very tub is the bathtub where all these horrible things happened. (laughs) Nope, she's just pacing because she's apparently in the early stages of labor and it's before she does anything bad or I don't. Whatever. Again, you have to read the book to figure out if they released her spirit. I'm going to guess that they did. They don't seem like the type who'd leave a lady hanging. But the the one complete upstairs ghost story that has a neat little beginning, middle, and end is that they encountered the spirit of a four-year-old boy. They said that this spirit, they learned, fell out the window while he was playing, and he was worried that his mom and dad were going to be mad at him because they told him not to play by that window, and then he fell out of it and he died. So he hadn't crossed over because he was too afraid that mom and dad were going to be mad. So they were able to... That's really sad. Yes. But they were able to open a portal, reunite him with his parents' spirits. Not a window, I hope. (laughs) Going Too soon? to hell. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, God, when God closes a door, he opens a window, and that little four-year-old just rocketed right out of it. It's so oh sad. Uh, whatever. Despite us being terrible people, they are good people, and they reunited him with his parents' spirits through the portal, not the window, and he was able to. Um, his spirit is now at rest. They released him. I'm very glad. Yes. So, so to recap, you told me that this home with the Glovers, since the Glovers has had eight owners, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, in the span of that eight owners, what has happened is there was a brutal murder in front of a child. Yes. No, a brutal double a murder. Brutal double in front homicide. Of a, child. a brutal double homicide. Yeah. Um, a bathtub birth murder suicide. And a kid tears in heaven his way out the window. <laughs> and we've never heard of any of these. That's a lot of tragedy for eight families. He did. He did. Especially since a lot of these would have had to be further back, I guess. Well, they would have had to have been right the fuck at 1900 because two of the... I'm trying to remember. I didn't write these numbers down and I really should have. But, like, two of the owners owned this property for like 84 of its 120 year lifespan as a building you know and one was like a there have been eight owners in 128 years the welsh family and the unitarian church combined owned it from 1908 to 1992 so 84 of its 128 years it's been owned by a family that reported no bur- murders, no kids falling out windows, and a church who didn't have people living in the house. So folks, huh. folks and, died. And now it's an event and space. And now it's an event this, space. This is a pure, one of those, like, the history traveled separately from the ghost story. <laughs> kind of like with... Yes. Yeah, so why doesn't the Glover Mansion have, like, this stuff about more about Sarah or more that could actually line up. Like Han Mansion has all that going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Right. Corbin Mansion has it going on. Absolutely. Monahan, mm, mm-hmm. I think we've established not so much. Mm-hmm. Campbell House, again, no, not so much. Yeah. Just the urban legend. And this, what on earth? What on earth? Yeah. What on earth? Yeah. With the one person you could- Busy place. Maybe it's that negative vortex. It's the Maybe negative all this vortex. stuff happened someplace else and all these ghosts are just confused and think this is the house all that stuff happened in. You're, well, Liz, it's a vortex. It just hoovered them up and then they got yeah. they got stuck like when your bra strap gets trapped around your washing machine agitator and it's just yes. spinning in place, the poor little thing. And you're the oh one that Oh my god, that, that happened it. to me once when I was nine months pregnant and I couldn't get it out because I couldn't reach that <laughs> far into the washing machine too- to unhook it. Did you cry? Stuck. You poor baby. Yes. Yeah. I cried at everything. Yeah. I cried because Matt said that Van Halen sucked. Oh. I, <laughs> I cried really, really, really hard about that. <laughs> I cried so hard. You poor baby. <laughs> 
pee. We were coming back from birthing classes. And I wanted, I didn't want to listen to NPR. I wanted to listen to the radio. And I don't remember what he said, but he, he put down Van Halen and I burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst, everybody. It's just the worst. I'm going to adopt. I don't. Oh my God. Yeah, I cried both because I couldn't meet my daughter because yep. she wasn't born yet and i cried because someday she would yep. be born and she wouldn't live inside me anymore i cried because of both those yep. things both were true i cried because i was cooking cherry turnovers in the pan and i got hungry before they were done and i ate something and i cried because then i couldn't eat them because <laughs> i was full <laughs> it's so hard to have so many hormones it's so yes i this is how I would rewrite that story of that ghost is that it's not that she had like a terrible secret birth and drowned everybody. It's that she was full of hormones and couldn't let anybody know what was happening. <laughs> and so just cried and had emotional reactions and the, the cleaning stuff smelled so bad to her that it made her throw up all the time. And oh, everything bothered her. It's That's a good so, ghost story. so sad and true. But no, maybe it's the vortex is yeah. like like a busy roundabout. Yep. You know, you get in and you just can't get you can't, out. You can't without some help. Nope, nope. It's like a clover leaf. You're just stuck for fucking ever, yeah. man. Just round and round she goes. So <laughs> thank goodness, oh, that there are people like our ghost busting gals who they're on the case are on the case man they're making and again like i don't want to make fun of them i don't agree or believe in a lot of the things that they've done but that enthusiasm and that desire to help and mm -hmm. that's a pure one and i say go for it you're not hurting Absolutely. me you're not taking my 250 bucks an hour to clear out a space. Right. But if I needed that kind of peace of mind, I'm glad that you're there as someone who's available. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is really good. You found some interesting people to go with this story. I did. I found future Liz and future Devin. I'm into Are it. you the angel or the I witch? I'll start picking out my gif now. Do it. I want to be a dancing skeleton. <laughs> That's fair. You can be the dancing skeleton. Of course you can be. Yeah. Oh my god. No, you can be that um that divider bar that drips blood. You know? <laughs> you guys remember have to that all, from that web design. You have to all go look at their website. That's the bottom of every page is like this bad slash. Like Zorro just came and, and nicked you. Oh man, that's me. I'm Can we redo our website to be more like this? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Do you see at the very top though? They say "Welcome to our cheesy website." Like they know they're self-aware. Yes. So that's what makes it all okay oh as far God. as I'm they concerned. They have a YouTube channel. They do. They haven't updated in two years, unfortunately. They have stuff from that's nine brutal. years ago, but uh, the most recent is about two years. Um, oh, I see. Okay, so the gridstones is like their thing. Yeah. The Stone of Truth and Justice. Aurora Light or Almora Sight. Yep, I can't pronounce wow. it. Glad it's you, not wow. me. You can buy it from their website. Uh, I bet. Oh, I can't look. I can't look at this. <laughs> it's hurting my eyes too bad. Oh, okay. So they actually they put these grids out there on purpose to like make things calm again. So they need people to help them grid. So you, when when gridding, these stones are placed on the outer perimeters of the building or block or city or country, and the center stone is placed in the middle, and that center stone is used to activate the grid. So they need somebody to help them with Monsanto, Corporate Headquarters, Tyson Foods Incorporated, Hormel Corporate Headquarters, the CDC in Atlanta, as they call oh. it, the FDA, the AMA, and the USDA. So I could help them with the CDC, because I'm down in Atlanta for them a year oh, or so. Oh, fuck but yeah. I'm... I'm terrified to find out what they have against the CDC <laughs> and the FDA and the USDA. Liz, you don't need to know. You don't need to know. She's already gridded Vatican and London and Washington, D.C., so... What? How? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Yep. I, all right. Amazing. Well, sounds good. I want you to go to, eventually... You'll go to Power Rock Love Letters. I think that that's just our homework. And your homework, everyone yeah. listening along at home, is to go through every single page of their website. By the way, they have over 100,000 visitors because they still do the 
um, super fucking cool counter at the bottom. So you can see. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, I want to read these power rock love letters. And they're letters that people have sent to them talking about the power of these stones. The Aurora Light site. We're going to wrap this up because I need to uh, have some time alone before husband gets here to read all this. Because mm-hmm. the moment he sees this website, I'm getting an earful. <laughs> oh, Liz, look how they've spelled mystic. Now I'm mad again. I know. All right. Friends, I, I don't want you to follow me on social media this week. I want you to go to... Devin. Follow me on social media this week i guess no i i do think that it would be really fun if you are going to be nice and interested go to ghostbustergals.com i think their stuff is mm-hmm. a blast i would probably rather you support me and liz because we are trying to actually make a go of this as a thing that's self-sustaining so follow us you can find us on facebook you can find us on twitter and on instagram Also on YouTube, we update slightly more than the Ghostbuster gals. Not a whole lot more, but, you know, it's a one-woman show. Liz is doing all of this important shit on her own, and I'm not helping at all. So she's doing as good as she can. We would like you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and on Podbean. Come chat at us. All the time on Facebook. Liz and I, I have to be on Facebook all day long for my job. Liz gets to be on Facebook all day long because... I have poor time management. (laughs) Yes, both are accurate. Liz, what else do we want? I feel like I'm I'm spinning out of control. This website has hypnotized me, so I'm doing a poor job of this Mm. outro. Patreon, I think. Please check out Patreon, and we're at... Just or the Ouija Brods on Patreon, yeah. and you can give us a little money to support us and get access to behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, uh, early release yeah. stuff. We had a couple lost episodes, couple more sales lately on Society Six. So if you like our cool. stickers and you like our cryptids map, you can find it on a variety of objects at Society Six, or just buy the print <laughs> itself, which is my favorite iteration of it. I have a coffee mug with it. I like. All it. right, well that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, other than that, you know what we want you to do. We want you to live weird. Die weird. And stay weird, babies. Oh, two good spoken animals. Yeah. Yeah.